Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. I am Daryl Harrison. What you know, Omaha? What's going on, man? Not much, man. Trying to make things happen like we do when we connect up and uh, and uh, do what we do. Uh, recording our broadcast, man. It's always a good look. I'm always looking forward to our connection and what we uh, what we're going to be talking about on uh, on on one of our shows. So it's it's a good look tonight. Yeah, man. It's episode forty five. Can you believe it? That's forty five episodes in, man. Forty five, man. We're coming up on one year. Yeah. So another seven episodes will give us 52 weekly episodes. We've been doing this for a year. So, wow, I can't believe it, man. Time really flies. I know that sounds cliche, yeah, but it really, really does. It seems like, you know, once we record one of these episodes, it's time to record another one. So the weeks really go by really, really quickly. So, but I always thank the Lord, man, for every opportunity I have to be on with you on the Justin broadcast. And we can, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, get our listeners connected uh, once again to a to a topic uh, that's relevant to uh, society as a whole. But as mm-hmm. we try to do, we try to frame that topic within a biblical uh, uh, construct, a biblical context, mm-hmm. and uh, th- that's what we try to do every week. Uh, so we thank our listeners for hanging in there with us for yeah. forty five episodes, and Lord willing, we'll. Uh, we got another 45 uh, Absolutely. Uh, 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 to go. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, Hey, how'd your, uh, how'd your Sooners do over the weekend, man? Man, I, I, you know what? You, first you shout, first, man. Yeah, no doubt. You shouted me out last week, man. And, and uh, I know you called me Omaha folks were kind of, kind of taken <laughs> off guard by the fact that I'm a Oklahoma Sooner fan. And, mm-hmm. and so if they hadn't followed all the episodes. I'm, I'm from Oklahoma though. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. And so, uh, yeah, man, loved it. They did a, did, did great against UCLA. Looked good, looked strong. And, um, and we, we, we chalked up another, another W in the W column and we, we keep it, we keep it rolling, man. They looked really good. How, how about for you? You, you got the, 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 Georgia, it was it yellow, yellow jackets. Yeah. I got the Georgia tech yellow jackets, which yep. are my team. That's the team yep. that I, that I, uh, support the, the college team that I support, uh, most, uh, most, I guess most vociferously, but, right, uh, right. you know, almost lost my voice rooting for those guys yesterday we ended up losing oh uh, to the university of south florida i mean our, our defense is, is is seriously suspect we end up losing 49 to 38 and uh but in a mixed bag the georgia bulldogs ended up winning they 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 beat south carolina really mm-hmm. really handily yeah uh, that was that was to, a good uh, game i watched some highlights from that one that was a good yeah, one so, so they went up to columbia and handled their business but i saw you as soon as man cracked the top five in the latest poll yeah yeah, they're looking so strong. Right at number man. five, man. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they're looking good. So I don't, I don't know, man. If, if, if things keep going the way they are, could a rematch be in the offing? I think it could be, man. I, you know, if they if they keep doing what they do, uh, and stick with it, man. I think we, I think we could. We there's a possibility there might be a rematch, man. We'll there see what we'll see what's up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what's well, up, man. There's a chance. Right, yeah, there, man. There's a chance, man. There's a chance. All right, bro. Well, uh, the topic we're going to talk about this episode here, man, we just decided on this topic earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. So as we said repeatedly, none of this is scripted. None of our mm-hmm. episodes are scripted. 
for our new listeners. None of this is choreographed. Uh, I basically sent Omaha a message on Facebook this morning saying, Mm -hmm. hey, with a link to an article that caught my attention just today. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, man, I'm switching gears. Here's what we're going to talk about. And uh, Omaha, as he always does, does his homework, does his due diligence. Then once the clock hits and it's time for us to record, you know, we're usually ready to rock. So I have no idea what Omaha is going to say about this topic. He has no clue where I'm going with it. Yeah. Uh, but I thought uh, that it was a topic that bared um, discussing, uh, that, that bared you know, spending some time on because, unfortunately and sadly, it's a topic that we're having to revisit, mm. right, because there's been too many instances of this situation occurring. And what I'm alluding to is we have uh, another situation where just last week a white police officer was involved in the shooting and uh, and, and in this case, killing the homicide of a uh, black man. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, uh, I'm going to be citing a Fox, Fox news.com article, a Fox news.com article. Uh, the byline is by Bradford Betts, B-E-T-Z, of Fox News. The headline of the article is Amber Geyer, police officer named in Dallas fatal shooting, also shot a suspect in 2017, according to a report. Yeah. So the Dallas police officer, again, her name is Amber Geyer. Last name is G-U-Y-G-E-R. Mm-hmm. Amber Geyer. Dallas police officer who, according to this article, was involved in fatally shooting a black man. The the, uh, victim's name is Botham John, B-O-T-H-A-M. Last name is J-E-A-N. And from what I understand from the article, Omaha, that this police officer mistook Mr. John's apartment for her own, which, which to me, on its face is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I do that all the time when I'm driving home from work or from running errands or, or something like that. I, I pull up in the wrong driveway all the time. <laughs> That's I put that... in the wrong, I put in the wrong house key all the time. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm being a little bit facetious here, right, because, right. but, it's, but it's, it's to prove a point. Yeah. How do you mistake where you live or where somebody else lives. How does that happen? I, this one, this one is, this one is baffling. This one, this catches you off guard um, on, on so many, on so many levels uh, because of what you just said. I mean, this, this isn't a situation of, you know, when, when, when you kind of, when you kind of read it and you think mistaken identity, um, you know, or, 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 or there's, you know, there's, there's some reference there. You thought you thought, well, maybe, Maybe this person was involved in some criminal activity. Uh, maybe they were out, you know, somewhere where they weren't supposed to be. Maybe it was the middle of the night. I mean, this is not that kind of a situation. This is someone in their own home um, doing what they do. Um, and unbeknownst to them, a, a police officer shows up at the door of, of, of an apartment complex around 10, 10 p.m. in the evening, you know, opening a door that's not theirs and, um, you know, when, when you open your own door, you're, you're caught by surprise by, by, uh, you know, by a police officer. That's, I mean, it's just, just unbelievable. Yeah. So in the, in the Fox news piece, uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve eager, 
E-A-G-E-R, G-A-R rather, E-A-G-A-R, is quoted such. Let me quote him what he says here. Dallas police tell me just off shift, the just off shift officer who shot and killed a man in his own apartment was on the wrong floor. Her apartment was on another floor. Her key didn't work in the door. Shooting happened shortly after resident opened his own door, mm-hmm. unquote. Okay, so she goes to the wrong floor, inserts her key into Mr. Jean's apartment door. The key didn't work. Apparently, he must have heard from the inside someone jimmying mm-hmm. the, the lock at his front door. He opens the door to his own apartment, and she shoots and kills him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, I'm I'm just baffled as to how that happens. How does that happen? Now, according to the article, Miss Geiger is a four year veteran of the Dallas Police Department. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, I don't know that any charges have been filed from, from what I understand from the article that the situation is still under investigation by the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a link to this article in the episode notes once this episode is published. But upon mm-hmm. again, up, upon reading through this, just from a just from a, a a standard perspective of logic, this should not happen. No, you go to the wrong floor, to the wrong door, try to open the wrong door with your house with your apartment key. Now. Unless she was seriously under the influence of some drug, alcohol, Mm -hmm. or something like that, you might be able to explain that away. But from the article that I've read, there's no reference to any of that. Mm. She did not have all of her complete faculties at her disposal. Mm. Um, So here we have Mr. Botham Jean is dead. Allegedly at the hands of Miss Amber Geyer of the Dallas Police Department. So this is just the latest in one of uh, the latest in s- of several instances over the past two or three years mm-hmm. where we have a white police officer involved in the shooting of a black person. Now, not every situation has resulted in the death of the black person but several of them have yeah and i'm not going to i'm not going to go over the list of instances suffice it to say that this is the latest in several instances of this happening over the last two or three years yeah little little bit in the way of way of connection as as you kind of read through the article and, and this is just you know neither here nor there but he was a uh, member, um, or at least the, I'll say it this way: the, according to the article, the vigil was held at the Dallas West Church of Christ. A vigil was held on his behalf, and he was actually pictured uh, there singing. Uh, he it says it says Botham uh, John leads a Harding University event uh, in uh, in Dallas on uh, September twenty first, two thousand seventeen. Uh, and this is via the Harding University Associated Press. And I, and I know, again, there's so much you and I have, have discussed 
uh, and discovered about one another just over the course of our time on this uh, mm-hmm. on this on this uh, broadcast. Mm-hmm. And that is I actually attended Harding University. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, wow. I, I, yeah, I actually attended Harding University uh, back in the day and uh, was was a student there for about three years, did not finish my degree there. I would end up coming home and finishing my, my undergraduate degree and my MBA uh, there in Oklahoma. Uh, but I did attend Harding University. I'm very familiar uh, with the Church of Christ, with Harding University, uh, with the background there. And so this 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 guy who's who, you know, it's a very conservative um, you know, very, very kind of orthodox, kind of conservative uh, background. So this guy didn't, you know, he, he wasn't rough around the edges. He wasn't, you know, this, this, this is a, this is a pretty buttoned up, buttoned up cat. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And and you know, if if you're reading through the article again, the article continues to say that questions remain as to why Geiger mistook John's apartment for her own and how she was able to get inside. So there's still questions that remain around here, uh, around this incident. Uh, The article continues to say that the police officer was a tenant of the building for only about a month. Uh, So she hadn't even been there long. Uh, You know, so to me, if you're a new resident of an apartment complex, you're probably not going to be that confused to where uh, you would try to enter someone else's apartment with your own apartment key. If you're new to a complex, um, you know, where you live is going to be pretty fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. uh, I would think. But the angle that I want to take on this, as we try to do every week on the Just Thinking broadcast, is to take an issue, a topic, and then see what the Word of God says about this. Mm-hmm. Now, as I alluded to earlier, there have been too many of these incidents that have happened in our nation over the past two or three years, too many of them. This is just the latest in a series of such situations. Um, And what I want to say in this episode of the broadcast is directed to Christians. It's directed to the church. Um, Some of what I may say may come across as a little harsh, but please understand that that every syllable that you're going to hear me utter in this episode is said in the spirit of Ephesians 4.15 and in speaking the truth in love. But as I read through this article, and especially when you give, when you take into account the uh, incidents that occur subsequent to previous situations like this, there have been protests, there have been riots, there have been retaliatory shootings. Um, uh, for instance, a couple years ago when five police officers in Dallas were murdered in one night as a retaliatory uh, gesture because of an incident involving police and a minority that had occurred prior to that. Uh, but for Christians, I think it bears delving into this latest issue from a theological standpoint so that we can respond as Christians ought to respond. Now, given the history of the responses, especially in black communities to situations like this. I think we do ourselves a disservice when we focus solely on the act itself. In this case, when we focus solely on the alleged, and I must say alleged, because there's been no indictment handed down. 
There's been no trial and there's been no conviction. So allegedly uh, what Ms. Geiger is, is said to have done in this article in, uh, in shooting and killing uh, Mr. Jean, um, we need not be reactive in this situation. And what I want to talk about is not so much the what of what Ms. Geiger is alleged to have done, but why. Mm. That's what I'm talking. I want to talk about the why, because the why is the same in every instance. The why is always the same. And what I want to do is go back all the way. I want to begin, you know, my sort of apologetic about this, my argument on this. I want to begin all the way back in Genesis 2, because, again, I want to focus our listeners on the why. Why would somebody who's a police officer who swore an oath to protect the public, who wears a badge, who's who should should. Uh, police their community, their city without sinful bias or prejudice. Why would someone do something like this? Okay. Why would someone do one like, do someone like this? Well, let's talk about that. Genesis chapter two, verses 15 through 17. And this is going to be a scriptural, theological, orthodox walkthrough of why situations like this happen mm. had nothing to do with her uh, getting confused about where she lived. Nothing to do with that. Neither did previous situations involving the police and minorities have to do necessarily with the color of the victim's skin. That may have been a factor, but that wasn't the root. Okay. And what I want to talk about is the root. So let's start at Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Of course, as always, I'm reading for, from the non-Arminian Standard Bible <laughs> translation. All right. Genesis you with that elect standard. <laughs> I had to, th- since you did, since you went there, I had to you throw had to that slip in. It in. I don't know about to slip it in. Yeah, I had to slip that in. You need to give it that elect standard. Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man saying from any tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Now there we have the first parameter, the first command of God setting boundaries for us. Okay, there's a precept with a promise. You can eat from any tree in this garden freely, he said. But on the day that you eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, you shall surely die. Okay, so that's the that's the trigger. That's the switch. Originally, the Garden of Eden was prepared by God for man to enjoy for his for his good pleasure and communion with communion with God. There was no sin at that point until the next chapter. Okay? Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3. This is where we have the account of the fall of man. And 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 really Omaha, this is the overarching point I'm trying to make here once we're done is to because I really feel in my heart a sense that the church does not really have an appreciation 
for how damaging sin is. No. I don't think we have an appreciation as a church for how pervasively destructive sin is. So that's the logic behind the approach that I'm taking with this particular topic. So Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he, that is God, said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave me to whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And then from there you have the Lord himself meeting out judgment and punishment first to the serpent then to the woman mm-hmm. and then to adam mm-hmm. now so there we have the root of what we're talking about here today in 2018 the root of it is in genesis 3 now i want to also go through some other texts because what i want our listeners to understand and i, w- I w- and again the goal here is to help us appreciate how utterly destructive is the sin nature that each of us inherited from our first parents. Okay. Mm. Genesis six, five. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's Genesis six, five. It says the intent of the thoughts of the heart are evil, not just the act, The intent, okay? Genesis 8, verse 21b. Genesis 8, 21b. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. Okay? Intent. That's two verses in Genesis that focus on the sinful, the evil intent of the heart. Okay. Now, again, I don't know whether officer Geiger shot this gentleman deliberately. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. 
Okay. But that's neither here nor there with regard to why a police officer could possibly have intended to do that, have deliberately intended to do that. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. Okay? I don't care if you're wearing a badge. I don't care if you hold up your right hand and swear an oath. The scripture clearly tells us and teaches every last one of us is a sinner by nature. Mm -hmm. And wearing a badge, swearing an oath, I don't care if you're a police officer, a politician, a school teacher, a pastor in a pulpit, a husband or a wife. We all possess a sin nature that we inherited from our parents. And that is a reality that the scriptures teach us, but that I don't think we factor in when we're talking about situations like these, especially as it involves a, a person in authority, like a police officer mm-hmm. who uh, is, is involved in an act of violence with a citizen that they're sworn to protect. And the thing about O's Virgil, Think about taking an oath is that the words are not what make an oath. Mm-hmm. Anyone can recite an oath. Right. What makes an oath an oath is the intent of the heart mm. to abide by those words. Mm-hmm. That's what makes an oath an oath. This is why the scriptures say so much about the intent of the heart, not just the act that you carry out. Right. It's the intent. There's always intent before the act. Okay. There's always intent before the act. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 10 through 13. Ecclesiastes 8, verses 10 through 13. So then, I have seen the wicked buried, those who used to go out and in from the holy place, and they are soon forgotten in the city where they did thus. This too is futility. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. Mm. Although a sinner does evil a hundred times and may lengthen his life, still I know that it will be well for those who fear God, who fear him openly. But it will not be well for the evil man, and he will not lengthen his days like a shadow, because he does not fear God. Now this is a key text here mm-hmm. in Ecclesiastes 8 verse 10 through 13, because the first half of this passage deals with the attitude of the evildoer. But then the second half of the passage deals with our attitude that we should have in response to the evil that's done. Okay. Mm -hmm. So evildoers, this text says, well, because God's justice is not executed quickly, the evildoer doesn't fear God. So he, he or she feels that he can get away with even more evil. Right. Because God doesn't strike him down with a lightning bolt, for example. Right. Right. But the second part of that passage says for us that even though it may seem like the evildoer is getting away with their evil, we have to rest assured that it it will be well for us ultimately who fear God. It's going to work out for those of us who fear God, who fear Mm -hmm. him openly, because in the end, it will not be well for that evil man. The scriptures promise us that. Okay. Still in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 29. B- 
Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. God made man upright. Now, someone may, may believe that because a police officer wears that uniform, that they're upright in character, that they're upright in their heart. Right. That they must be a, they must be inherently just and fair because mm -hmm. they're wearing that uniform. They're wearing that badge. Right. But again, I don't care who you're talking about. Like I said, this isn't just about police officers. We've got crooked politicians. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, embezzlers in business. And, and uh, we've got uh, unscrupulous teachers. We've got, uh, uh, look at what's going on in the Catholic Church right now oh with the, uh, the, the the sexual uh, scandals with, with, uh, with their priests and parishioners. Mm -hmm. um, so I really don't care who the authority figure is, okay? The point is this, that sin affects each of us, mm. each of us, okay? And this Ecclesiastes, in verse seven, chapter 7, verse 29, Ecclesiastes, is key. God made man upright. In the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve upright. There was no sin in his creating them. But they listened to that serpent. Mm -hmm. They listened to that serpent. Okay, and that and that's it's been all downhill from there. Again, I want to read Ecclesiastes seven twenty nine once again. Mm -hmm. Behold, I have found only this that God made men upright, but they have found out many devices. Now that Hebrew word devices is actually a military term that denotes mental inventions. <laughs> it literally translates to man has sought out many ways in his mind to invent ways to sin to invent ways to do evil. Here's a few verses that use that same word devices in that context. Psalm chapter five, verse 10. Hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices, let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. Now, again, that's Psalm 510. Now, a side note I want to mention here with this verse, Omaha. Psalm 5, verse 10, the psalmist is, is pleading with God for justice. Pleading with God for justice. Mm -hmm. Hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices, let them fall. So what, this, what, what gives the social justice, what gives their plea credibility? What gives their, their plea for justice credibility is that the wicked are rebellious against God, not mm -hmm. against any ethnic group. Right. You see, right. And that's what the psalmist is. That's the distinction between what the psalmist is asking for and what a lot of the social justicians are, are pleading for. Right. The social justician will say, well, the police, this is an organized, coordinated right. effort right. to wipe out black people. Right. That's that's about as ridiculous as Officer Geiger saying, well, I just went to the wrong apartment. Right. What what they do in that instance is they a attribute motive and motivation as if they can see into the heart of, of, of men and then attribute that to all all men equally on the basis of melanin or lack right. thereof. Right. And uh, and that's just a that's a flawed view 
um, you know, that, that, that just doesn't, that doesn't work. I want to, I want to insert something here and, and yeah, then turn it back over to you. And, and that, and that is, I mean, what you're dealing with is something we, we call the, the, the noetic effect of sin, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about this, we normally talk about the noetic effect of sin. We get that, that word nos, uh, the mind in the Greek, the nos mm-hmm. is the mind. And so really what we're talking about is a darkening of our mind and our inability after the fall to reconnect with God. Uh, our, our our inability to to understand the things of God to to clearly know Him to clearly to to clearly see Him. Uh, in fact, Romans one eighteen would deal with this, you know, at a at a at a much deeper much deeper level from a biblical standpoint. But but it it, it I think to the point you're making, it has even greater impact and implication. Uh, because of the fact that we're no we're no longer connected to God, uh, mm-hmm. because of the fact that after the fall and its implications, it it impacts how we how we view our the world we live in, how we interact with one another. I mean, it impacts a whole lot of other aspects that we don't even that we take for granted that we gloss over, and in an effort to try to come up with answers we begin pointing to things that really aren't at the root and what you're doing in this process is you're taking us back to the very root cause of all of these issues so that we're not focused on these ancillary issues these 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 oh you it's 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 a black issue it's a white issue it's a race issue it's a this issue it's a that issue no this goes all the way back to the, the the very beginning and and how our foolish minds were darkened as a result of what our federal head did in in Genesis chapter three. That's exactly right, brother. I mean, that's so well said. I have nothing to add to that. You're absolutely right. And I think the mistake we're wait we're making when I say we again, I'm talking to the church here. The mistake we make is we focus so much on the act, the the the, the or rather the 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 fruit and not the root mm. and not the root. But the gospel, if if the the thing that the gospel that that sort of separates the gospel from every other religious worldview is that the gospel deals with the root. It deals with the root. Absolutely. Christ Christ came. What does Paul say to Timothy? Is a trustworthy statement. Christ came to save sinners. Okay, and what do sinners do? Verse sinners Stand. sin. Yeah, sinners sin. And the thing about Officer Geiger and every other police officer who's been in this situation recently over the past couple of three years is that once you deal with them, the thing you have to remember is that everybody else who remains on the police force is already is also a sinner. Mm. So you still got a police force full of sinners. I don't care where you live. Every police officer on the police force in your city is a sinner. And there is no way you can predict that an officer on the police force in your town wouldn't do something like this. Mm. You can't predict that. But the point I want to make is as it relates to the clarion call for especially evangelical social justicians who have for years now been crying out for justice. They've been crying out for justice. To your point, Omaha, their cries have been sort of framed within an ethnic paradigm. Mm -hmm. But what I love about Psalm 510 is that the psalmist is crying out for justice 
because as he writes here, hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices, let them fall in the multitude of their trans transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. Mm. Not against me. Mm -hmm. The social justice today will, will say, well, they're murdering my people. Right. The biblical understanding of situations like this is that, Lord, these people are rebellious against you because they are murdering, hurting, offending people who are created in your image. Mm -hmm. So it's not about me or my ethnicity. The psalmist says, Lord, hold them guilty for they are rebellious against you. So it's the righteousness of God that is at stake here, not my community, not my ethnicity, not my blackness, none of that. Psalm 81, verses 12 and 13. Again, I'm building on Ecclesiastes 7, 29, where the writer says, Behold, I have found out only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. Psalm 81, verses 12 and 13. But my people did not listen to my voice, and Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart to walk in their own devices, mm. in their own schemes that they devise. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall not so they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satisfied with their own devices. Mm. Proverbs fourteen, verses sixteen and seventeen. A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. A quick tempered man acts foolishly and a man of evil devices is hated. So again, we must understand this word devices denotes mental inventions, hmm. things that we dedicate our mind to create, to commit evil acts and sins. Um, in Amos, the uh, minor prophet Amos chapter two, verse nine, this is in a chapter where uh, Amos is prophesying God's judgment against the nation of Israel. It reads this, Amos 2.9, Yet it was I, this is God speaking through Amos, Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, though his height was like the height of cedars, and he was strong as the oaks. I even destroyed his fruit above and his root below. God says, I destroyed the Amorite's fruit above and his root below. Now, why did I read that text? Because although this is an Old Testament prophecy that is speaking to the nation of Israel, I realize that, but there is a principle here that is applicable to us contemporarily speaking. And that is this, that many evangelical social justices, they are so focused on the fruits of the injustice, but not the root. They're focused on the fruit. So they'll see an instance like Officer Geiger here who allegedly shot and killed this man. They'll see that and they will instantly respond. Well, we want her 
charged with murder. We want her indicted, convicted, sent to jail. We want her dealt with based on the fruit, the act that they've, that they've read about, that they've seen on the news, that they've seen, talked about in social media. Mm-hmm. They'll, deal, they'll focus on the fruit. But God, through Amos, told the Israelites that he dealt with the Amorites, not just from the standpoint of the fruit of their enemy, but the root. And this is where we have to go. We have to go and follow that same rationale. Okay. We know that God allows evil, but he does not cause it. Right. God allows evil, but he does not cause it. All right. James chapter one, verses 13 and 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. This text here, Omaha in James is what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. I do not care if this was a police officer, right? I don't care. I don't care if it's the president of the United States. I don't care what title you hold. The first title you hold is sinner. Right. That's the first title you hold. Every other title you hold after that is subordinate to that. (laughs) Even we who are saved, who know the Lord as our savior, our eternal secure. We are eternally secure in Christ. That is not an issue, but we still sin. And only sinners sin. Mm-hmm. Now you can call yourself a saved sinner. You can call yourself whatever you want to call it. But whatever you call yourself, sinner has to be levied in that title. Mm-hmm. We will never stop sinning in this life. Never. Never. So James, what he's talking about here, again, hypothetically, because I do not know the outcome of the situation involving officer Geiger. Right. But for the quote unquote racist police officer or officers that do exist, James is telling us why that is. As I said, at the top of the broadcast, top of this episode, what I want to deal with is the why Mm -hmm. the, what can't be changed, but I want to deal with the why. And that's what James says here. He says each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Mm. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. This is what happens. This is actually absolutely the progression that occurs in the heart of a police officer who is racist, a police officer who hates someone because of their ethnicity. This is exactly what occurs. This is the root of why that police officer would do what they did. Yeah. So in the end, again, officer Geiger may end up, I don't know, getting convicted and going to jail for 50 years. Sure. Okay. Police officers who, hate 
citizens. They hate people because of their ethnicity. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're a police officer. Nothing to do with that. If anything, the uniform is just covering up who they are on the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm trying to get listeners to understand. That's good. Listen, as I said a second ago, we will never stop sinning in this life, mm-hmm. in this world. Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. Revelation 22, 11a. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy. Mm. So my heart goes out to social justice advocates who have, they're probably somewhere right now saying, oh my gosh, here's another police officer who has killed a black person. Yeah, yeah. You should not be surprised. You should not be surprised. It's the same, listen, it's the same thing. We should not be surprised when one spouse commits adultery against another spouse. Right. That shouldn't surprise you. Sinners sin. It's what we do. It's why we need the cross. Yes. It's why we need the gospel because we sin. Because we sin. Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel 36 verses 26 and 27. See, this is what the police officer needs because it's what we need. Mm. This, and this is what frustrates me about this. And I, I hate for our listeners sake. I'm sorry if you hear a little bit of frustration in my voice, but I have tried and tried and tried through this podcast, through my blog articles, through my social media comments to get evangelical social justice advocates to see this. That the fixes, the, the, the remediations that they're asking for are not the solution. Right. Solution right here. Now, this is from God himself. Ezekiel 36 verses 26 and 27. Moreover, I will give you a new heart mm. and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's what each one of us needs, not just that racist police officer. Right. You need the same thing, listener. As such were some of you. Mm. And such were some of you, the word of God says. Yeah. You need the same thing that racist police officer needs. Yeah. Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, that includes in our occupation. So the police officer out there needs the gospel so that he or she can present their bodies as a living sacrifice to God in their duty as a police officer. Yes. Continuing in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, that which is acceptable, that which is perfect. Now, how can we expect a police officer who has not been who has not had their mind renewed by the spirit of God to act as if they've had their mind renewed. Yeah. Listen, Virgil, you and I can sit right here now. And we can give a testimony of who we were pre mind renewal. Absolutely. And who we were post mind renewal. Absolutely. 
And here's what I'm trying to get my dear brothers and sisters who are on the front lines of this sort of social justice movement, especially within the church, Mm -hmm. to understand the root cause of why police officers do this, why politicians lie, why politicians cheat, why husbands and wives lie to one another. Mm. It's because it's in the heart. It's the intent of the heart. I mean, what do you want? Do you want more laws for people to to break? Do you want more laws for those people to break in addition to the laws that they're already breaking? Right. Do you want police officers fired only to be replaced by other sinful police officers? Because we've all sinned. Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. Okay, fire that officer. Get them off the force. Next sinful police officer, step up, please. Right, right. Absolutely. Step up, please. Absolutely. John 8, 47. He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Now, that's Mm. Jesus himself speaking. (laughs) He who is of God. Now, see, this is what the social justicians just do not understand. They're expecting people who are not of God to behave as if they're of God. Right, right. Jesus himself said, he is chastising the Jews on this one, man. He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Now listen, verse, you and I, by the grace and mercy of God, are of God. Mm. But we still sin. Absolutely. Now, if we're of God and still sin, how should we expect people who are not of God to behave? How much more? Yeah. How much more? Right. Mm -hmm. So the person who is not of God will not obey God because he cannot obey him. Mm -mm. And because he or she cannot obey him, we should not expect him or her to obey him. Why? Because he or she doesn't know him. Mm -mm. This is biblical soteriology 101. Absolutely. This really is. This is biblical soteriology 101. Soteriology is a fancy word for the doctrine of salvation. This Mm -hmm. is entry-level soteriology 101. The person who is not saved still has a heart of stone, Mm -hmm. not a heart of flesh. We just read that in Ezekiel 36. The person who does not know Christ still has a heart of stone. I don't care if they carry a badge or political office title. I really don't care. That's irrelevant. Yeah. What the racist police officer needs is the gospel. Absolutely. And they need their heart transformed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. We should absolutely, if there is evidence that that officer has violated the law, mm-hmm. we should we should seek to prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Right. Absolutely. Sure. But understand, please, that that's not going to remedy your situation. That's not Mm going to remedy. That's not going to give you ultimately what you want. No. Because every police officer in the United States is a sinner. Mm -hmm. We didn't know Miss Guyton was a sinner until boom. Here we are reading about her in the news in the news that she shot and killed a black man. Yeah. Until then. Well, she had another previous incident in 2017, Mm -hmm. but we don't know what her motives were. You see. Yeah. 
So my brothers and sisters are calling for justice. Yes, do that. Right. Do that. And I've got a I've got a biblical definition of justice here, Verge. Awesome. Awesome. Before you jump into that, man, as we're as we're winding up on on time, I want to insert just a couple of things just to amplify, man, some of the stuff that, that you said. Whenever you get to rolling on scripture, I definitely want to want to just let you roll because I think it's important for our listeners to kind of hear and really, really uh, get uh, just just a systematic theological perspective uh, about the issue and doctrine of sin and to know how it impacts us in so many ways. And, and I think you teed it up beautifully when you said not not trying to understand the, the, the what took place, but understanding the why it took place. Right. Is incredibly, incredibly important, because if we understand the why it took place, the what would the what should never surprise us Bingo. because we understand the why it took place. And, and, and I think that's that's the perfect place to start. And 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 then from, from that from that vantage point, if, if we know the why, then then we also have in in the why a solution in in the person and work of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you know why and the why is the sinful condition of mankind, well, we have an answer for that. Right. And 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 and, and the answer for that is a savior. And um, it's it's interesting that when you sent me this link that you brought up this issue, because I'd kind of take taken a, a hit um, in in uh, with regard to, you know, the, the Colin Kaepernick issue and 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 the Nike commercial with the 30 year anniversary. And I'd made some comments just uh, around that. Um, and and, some, you know, somebody raised an issue. Well, you seem to, you know, Virgil, you seem to be all excited about, you know, making cultural commentary around that issue, yet I don't see you making cultural commentary around the issue when when police officers uh, are are found in problematic situations, very much like the article that you just that, mm-hmm. that you just posted. Mm-hmm. And and their challenge to me was, you know, what what they wanted to see me do is they believe that it would that, that I that I would have more credibility in speaking about other issues from a social standpoint, if I would highlight the pet personal sin of police officers found in this situation. Mm -hmm. And my response was simply, A, I highlight any sinful situation, Mm -hmm. uh, but but I do so on the basis, first of all, starting with my own sin, right? right? Um, and, and, And second of all, recognizing that whatever it is we're seeing, Whatever the what is, the why is always the sinful fallen nature of mm-hmm. mankind. Mm-hmm. So regardless of, of, of what the issue is, the, 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 the real core, the root, if you will, like you like you teed up, is is sin. And, and, and as a as a result of our understanding of sin, there is a solution, and that is the savior, the finished work. Uh, of Jesus Christ. And so if, if I'm proclaiming the gospel, it, it, it blows my mind how many Christians reveal the fact that the gospel, and you've, you've talked about this over and over and over again, uh, Daryl, how the gospel is not enough. Right. It's not enough it, for them. It's not enough because you, that you, you call them social Justinians. They, they, they need something more. The, the, right. What Christ did on the cross was insufficient to cover the sins of, you know, name the, name the pet sin that they're upset about. 
with regard, and 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 again, it's never self-reflective. It's never their own sin. It's always the sin of someone yeah, else. It's always somebody uh, else. Uh, yeah. uh, you know that that doesn't have the same melanin count that they have. Right. It's always somebody else. Yeah. It's always somebody else. But see, the, I've often said that the the Bible is a mirror before it's a window. Mm. It's both a mirror and a window, but it's a mirror first. Yeah. So you can see yourself. Yeah. Then it's a window to see everything else and everyone else, you see. And one of my frustrations about this whole, uh, this platform that social justicians like to stand on is that they use language in terms that they never define. Hmm. They never define social justice, gospel issue, on and on and on. Well, let me give you a biblical definition of what social justicians want. It's in one verse in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 and 14. Here is, in one verse, what those who are, especially evangelical social justice advocates, are demanding, but they never define it. They never Mm -hmm. define it. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 and 14. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. Hmm. That is a biblical definition of justice, the punishment of evildoers. The punishment of evildoers. Yeah. Now, that is a biblical definition of justice, okay? It doesn't include all the other stuff that a lot of social justice activists are asking for. Mm. Biblically, godly justice is the punishment of evil doers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that leads to other questions, which we won't have time to discuss. Namely though, just for example, what is evil? (laughs) What is evil? Yeah. Okay. When you can define evil, then you can define an evil doer when the evil doer does evil. But again, it's not enough to just focus on the evil that the evil doer does. The gospel begs us to go to the why. Why does the evil doer do evil? Well, biblically, we're all evil doers. Right. The slightest violation of God's law is evil. Mm-hmm. Is evil. Now we don't like to call it that. No, you know, we want to whitewash it. We want to whitewash it. Mm-hmm. We want to just dust over it. We don't want to sweep it under our theological rugs. But no, every sin we commit is committed against God. That's why it's sin, because God has defined that standard. You see, but biblical justice defined is the punishment of evildoers. This is what evangelical social justices are asking for, okay? And you know what? Sometimes they will be punished in this life, but sometimes they won't. Mm. Sometimes they won't. And we have to be able to accept that. Right. Under the, under the, uh, 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 under the, uh, the fact that God is sovereign. Absolutely. God was sovereign in allowing, and this is, again, going back to the James text that I read and my, uh, statement before reading the text that God allows evil, but he doesn't cause it. Right. Okay. God allowed the situation involving officer Guyton 
mm-hmm. and Mr. John to occur. Yeah. He allowed that to occur. God knew exactly what he was doing in that. Okay. But continuing on the theme of why people do what they do. Matter of fact, let me correct myself. Why we do what we do as, as human beings. This is why we do what we do because we're sinners. James chapter three, verses 11 and 12. Does the fountain send out from the same opening, both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren produce olives or a vine produce figs, nor can salt water produce fresh. Omaha, I know you know what's going on here. You can't expect virtuous, godly deeds from an ungodly heart. You can't expect. So, so again, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded as to why people are surprised that we do the things we do. You know, the point here in James 3 that I just read, there's a fountain send out from the same opening, both fresh and bitter water. The point here is that you will bear the fruit of your nature. You will bear the fruit of your nature. If your nature is that of the Spirit of God, you will bear the fruits of the Spirit. Conversely, if your nature is that of the devil, you bear the fruits of the devil. Mm-hmm. Sticking in James chapter 3, I want to read James 3 verses 13 through 18. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. And what does the Bible say wisdom is? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Throughout this text, in James 3, verses 13 through 18, you are seeing attributes that a person possesses only if they know Christ. The person who doesn't know Christ doesn't know what wisdom is. James says that their wisdom is earthly, natural, and demonic. Yeah. Now, what is my overarching point in all of this that I've been trying to make in this episode of the Just Thinking Broadcast? It is this. If you're demanding justice, you cannot separate justice from salvation. You cannot separate godly justice from the person becoming a godly person. Mm-mm. It's like James just said, he just said here, you don't get from the same opening, both fresh and bitter water. You're either going to have fresh water from a fresh spout or bitter water from a bitter spout. You cannot demand social changes apart from demanding spiritual changes. How do you think a good marriage happens just by being married? 
No. Do you think a good marriage is born by placing a ring on each other's finger? <laughs> no. It's the heart. It's the heart. It's the heart that matters. I really don't care what the situation is, what the sin is. It's the root issue that, that the church must begin to address along with the punishment that we're seeking for these people. Right. I can tell you right now, and Virgil, I'm sure you would agree with me on this one. For every 10, you know, social media commentaries that I see demanding a, a police officer be uh, put in jail. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen one asking that that police officer be saved. Right. I haven't seen no, one. I, nor, nor have I. I haven't seen a single one. No. No. No, but I want that officer to go to jail. Yeah. That officer should be sued. That police officer, that police department should be sued for millions of dollars. Right. They murdered that black man. Right. They murdered that black woman. Right. They should go to jail. I want justice now. Yeah. Daryl, I, I, man, I, I, I love what you're saying there. Earlier you mentioned how how the, the gospel, the word of God should be a, first a mirror, right, that we, we hold up and, and examine our own lives against. And I mean, I, I immediately my mind reflects back to, you know, Matthew 5, uh, Sermon on the Mount, where, where Jesus does that very thing through the through the course of the process of of, of, of challenging those who are there before him by, by telling them that their righteousness needs to exceed that. Of, of the Pharisees in order for them to inherit eternal life. And, and then, and then he, he, he examines their heart. He goes back through the law and then mm -hmm. amplifies the law to such a degree where it, it becomes an examination, not of, not of what they did, but of, of the nature of the condition of one's heart. Right. I mean, we, we, you know, you, you, you've heard it said of old, you know, don't, you know, don't, uh, uh you know, take a woman, you know, take another woman, uh, in, in adultery, you know, don't, don't commit adultery. You know, I tell you not to even look with lust mm -hmm. upon another woman. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it, God is, Jesus is dealing with the issue of our heart condition. And so anytime social Justinians or any one of us begin to look at someone else and examine them for the flaw, the error, the problem, the, the issue, man, we we have to amplify our own lies. I'll, I'll share, I'll share this briefly. I, I, uh, I had a chance recently um, and, and maybe this maybe a couple months ago to go and talk to someone who's a member uh, of, of our church and uh, who's in jail. And uh, I won't mention any name or anything like that, but, but just dealing with some very, very serious and severe issues. Um, and, and, and really, you know, some of, some of the charges were very horrific. If, if I mentioned them, I promise you everyone listening would be horrified would be absolutely horrified uh, at, at the charges leveled at, at, at this young man. And as I, I went to go visit him, saw him, engaged him in conversation um, and just listened to him. I, I recognized, man, that that the, that while he's been he's been charged with a crime uh, that, that will forever impact his ability to get a job, to get employment um, uh, you know, if, if he, you know, at the point that he does come out, you know, he'll, he'll be labeled, uh, in our, in our culture with, with, with a specific thing, 
one of the things as I drove home is, man, my, man, the Lord really began to convict my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and the conviction of my heart is not that I've committed the same sin that he had in this regard, but that the same heart that would have him committing sins to the egregious nature that it had to the point where he was now behind bars mm-hmm. is the same sin that would cause someone like me or let, let me exactly. just say it this way that, that would cause me to 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 look with lust or to mm-hmm. or to or to ideate on a mm-hmm. on a specific situation longer mm-hmm. than than i should that's the same heart same heart man that's the same, a same that's the same heart Mm-hmm. And so, so for, for, for me to look at him and, 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 and judgment and go, man, he's a, he's a, this, or he's a, that, or mm-hmm. he's way out there. Or he's a, uh, you know, we could throw him, lock him up, throw away the key. He did that horrific thing, mm-hmm. man. I've got to examine my own heart and say, man, but for the grace of God, man, that, that, that's me. And, and, and examine my own heart and repent of the sin in my own life. And cling more closely to the cross of Christ uh, and the finished work of Christ and to preach the gospel to myself to ensure that my ways remain pure. Man, you preaching now, Omaha. That's it, bro. I mean, that's it. You're preaching now, man. And and you're preaching what a lot of people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. Let me tell you else, something else they don't want to hear. First, First Timothy five twenty four. Come on, come on. First Timothy five twenty four. <clears throat> the sins, the sins of some men are quite evident, going before them to judgment. For others, their sins follow after. Now, what's that saying there? As it relates to, for instance, specifically what we're talking about here, and what's really kind of you know you alluded to Kaepernick earlier. What gave rise to that right was was police involved violence mm-hmm. uh, against uh, black people and other minorities. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to be satisfied with the fact if we call ourselves Christians who trust in God, the God of the Bible, we need to be confident and secure and at rest in situations where justice is not meted out in this life. Mm-hmm. We need to accept that and that's, we need to that, be okay with that. That's a whole what you're saying right now is a whole nother level that I don't think most understand. They, they really don't. Exactly. That, that's something what you're what you're sharing now is not embraced by the masses. They they might. They listen what I shared. They might get. OK. OK. Omaha. I get. OK. Virgil. I get it. I, I, I'm with you that that preach. OK. Yes. And amen. But what you're talking about now, because I was just thinking as, as I wrapped up, I thought, OK, but that guy is in jail. He's behind bars. Justice was met out. So we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're good. Mm-hmm. But, but what you just did in the commentary you're providing right now, you just took us to the next level of the issue and said, now, what if that that person's not behind bars? What if that right. that, that quote unquote justice is not meted out in this lifetime? What, do, what are you going to do with that at that point? How are you going right. to navigate that situation in that regard? That that right. takes us to the next level. Yeah, exactly right. So again, see, it's dangerous to read the word of God verse. <laughs> yes, it is. It's dangerous because once <laughs> especially you pre- if you want to live your own way, especially if you want to live your own <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly. Especially if you want to do your own thing. Yeah. You want to march by your own drumbeat? Yes. It's dangerous to read the word of God. Yes. It's dangerous to hear the truth. And you've heard you hear the truth every week mm-hmm. on this broadcast. On the if you listen to the Just Thinking broadcast, 
You're going to hear the truth straight from the word of God. And here we have it again. Paul's writing to Timothy. The sins of some men are quite evident going before them to judgment. For others, their sins, in other words, their judgment, their punishment will follow after. That's going to happen in a, in a sinful world like the one we live in. Mm-hmm. Again, I hate to be so simplistic, but it is rather simple. Why are you surprised when people sin? Why are you surprised when sinners do what sinners do? Okay, when I sin, I'm not surprised that I sin. <laughs> I'm a sinner. <laughs> yeah, I'm saved. Right. I'm going to go to heaven. I'll be immediately in the presence of God when I die, when I take my last breath. But until that moment, I am a sinner. And sinners sin. It's their nature. What did David say? In sin did my mother conceive me. Yeah, yeah. In sin she conceived. I wasn't just born a sinner. I was conceived one. Yeah. And again, going back to the text that we we touched on at the top of the episode in Genesis 6 and Genesis 8 is the intent of the, listen, God judges the intent, not just the act, the intent. And this is what we have to be able to accept. We are not going to get perfect justice in this life. It's not going to happen. This is exactly what Paul is saying to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, 24. And what you were talking about, Verge, just a second ago, man, and I really appreciate your transparency on that, is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5. Mm-hmm. Let me flip there real quick. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 5. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7. If I can find it here real quick. <clears throat> you can hear the page is turning. <laughs> about the uh, the passage about hypocrisy is what I'm trying to get to. And judging, Matthew chapter yeah. 7, verse 5. Mm-hmm. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Yeah, That's what you're talking about, verse. Absolutely. That's exactly what you're talking about. And for the Christian, though it may be difficult, there's no asterisk there. There's no fine print in the Bible. What you just talked about, Omaha, you nailed it. Your heart is no cleaner. Absolutely. Than the heart of that brother who's sitting behind that uh, in that jail cell right now. No. There, but by the grace of God, go I. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are all we are all the uh, we're in that parable. I think it's in Luke where we have the uh, the, uh, the 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 two men in the temple praying. One's very proud. One's very humble. The humble man said, Lord, I'm not even worthy to even lift my head. Mm-hmm. And see, this is what we have to ask ourselves. We, 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 yes, cry out to God for judgment. But why? Because they rebelled against you, God. Mm-hmm. Not against me, not against my peeps. No one who sins against me has violated my standard of righteousness. Right. They violated God's standard. So to whatever extent we should, we're seeking out judgment 
the punishment of evildoers, we should do it always in the context of Matthew 7, 5. You should not be doing that in the sense of hypocrisy. Make sure you've dealt with your own sins first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll add this to what you just said. And what that should do is it should not cause us comfort. Uh, oh no! In, in, in Great other, point. In, in other words, in other words, we shouldn't say, you know what? Like, I I don't look at this guy. Hey, he's sin. I've got the same heart of sin. So hey, we're all in sin together. So hey, it's all oh, good. Man, excellent point. Excellent point. No, I, it should it should force me. It should cause me if 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 I see the end of this result uh, is is got him behind bars. That that should that should be wow. That that should be an eye opening experience that says I need to flee youthful lust i need to mm-hmm. flee mm-hmm. anything that would cause me to sin against 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 god mm-hmm. I, I need to flee sin period that that should that should drive us to want to flee those things because we see that that the end of that result leads to destruction it should and rather than what what people usually use that for is well all of us are sin you know yep. everybody's everybody's yep. a sinner yeah. And so we, we use that as a blanket of comfort. nobody's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. We use that as the blanket of comfort that we wrap ourselves in rather than what it should be, which is the 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 eye opening alarm bells that cause us to say, hey, we have a need for a savior because in the finished work of Christ is not only the payment for for our sins, but the power to overcome that sin. And so that's what that's yeah. what we want to see executed in our lives on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. So, man, as we wrap up here again, I just want to reiterate that one thing, that one thing that as we cry out to God for justice, for his justice to be done, for his justice to be done, not ours, not ours. I'm going to repeat as a reminder, Psalm 5, verse 10. Hold them guilty, O God. Now, we want to hold the legitimately guilty guilty. We want God to hold those who are legitimately guilty as guilty. We don't want God holding, we don't want anyone to be held guilty who we, in our emotions and feelings and sensitivities, we just think that person's guilty or we want them to be guilty. Right. That's sin in and of itself that you need to repent of. But Psalm 5, verse 10, this is the heart we want to have. Hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices. Let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. Mm. Not me. Even to the extent that they've victimized me. Even in their victim victimizing me, even in their sinning against me, they have rebelled against God by victimizing an image bearer of God. Yeah. So we really need to shift our paradigms here. The police, the politicians, the teachers, I don't care what authority figure it is. I don't care what authority figure it is. The solution is the same. They need a renewed mind and heart. They need that heart of flesh to be replaced by the heart of stone. Mm-hmm. The same thing you needed, listener. Absolutely. Because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2.1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. 
Again, if you profess to trust Christ as your Savior, the same God who was sovereign over your salvation is the same God who is sovereign over every single situation that happens in his universe. And to whatever extent that in situations like we've been talking about here with Officer Geiger, to whatever extent there is justice meted out in this world or not, you glorify God, God regardless. Yeah. You glorify God regardless because whether in this world or the next, the guilty will be judged. Amen.